My guest today on Great Dane Nation is uh, is an old friend and and a dear friend and certainly an advocate for me during my Hall of Fame run, trying to get into the Canton, Ohio, and I'm grateful to him for his push and his endorsement, which was important in that process. And you're looking at a new Sean Payton, maybe. I don't know. I'm going to ask him here in a second. He was certainly a successful NFL coach. He won more games as a Saints coach. He won, took took the Saints to the Super Bowl. He's known as one of the great offensive play callers in the history of the game. And eventually, I think he'll, you know, if he goes back to coaching and has a little more success, I think we'll find him in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as well. So it's a pleasure to 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 welcome my friend uh, Sean Payton to Great Dane Nation. Sean, are you a different man now that you're retired? I mean, let's face it, you're you're never retired. You once a ball coach, always a ball coach. Do you, how do you feel different today than you did? You know, I would say on the sideline. Um, you 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 transition away, which is a little bit um, a little bit more difficult than normal because we're so itinerary driven. We're so calendar driven. We're oh, yeah. so you remember like as a player, I'm sure you got your off season program, your mini camp schedule, then you got your training camp report day. And yeah. there were just a lot of things laid out. And then when you stop, you know, you got a calendar and you're filling in your own calendar kind of, you know, and that's uh, dangerous, man. <laughs> yeah. It's just different. So, yeah. um, I, I was just saying earlier, I'm in the midst of selling a big house here in New Orleans and then buying a condo uh, in New Orleans and kind of transitioning, doing that. But, you know, you have furniture and storage. And um, but I would say that's the big thing is is not if it, it's filling up your time and being efficient and then, uh, you know, getting a chance to travel a little bit more. Yeah, you know, I thought when I retired 15 years ago uh, from football, I thought, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to play golf every day. And that's not the case. That wasn't for me anyway. I think, you know, and when every day is Saturday, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like you got to make some sense of it. And you have to, because football gave us that structure that you just alluded to a second ago, that structure, right? We're, we're creatures of habits. We like structure. We, we yearn for it. Yeah, agreed. and when that's whether it's ripped away or voluntarily, you remove yourself from it. What do you replace it uh, with? So my question is to you: What was the one thing that you were looking forward to, besides sleeping in, maybe, <laughs> uh, when you when you stepped away? What was like? Was there one thing where you go, man? I cannot wait to do this because I haven't been able to do that. Yeah, I would say. It would it would be travel and and spend uh, you know spend more time doing the things you enjoy, yeah. Um, you know, so the hard lines are gone relative to well, we got to be back by the you know those you can be a little bit more spontaneous, um, mm -hmm. and it it allows me a chance to to see my son or daughter in in times of the year that I normally might not be able to you know. Um, my son's a junior at TCU and my daughter's living out West graduated um, mm -hmm. and, and working and each of them are in different stages of their lives. And mm -hmm. so uh, that, that flexibility is, is nice. The ability to, to, you know, fly over and see 
you know, him at school or go out West. Uh, yes. Because there, there are certain times of the year, as you know, that with, with the football calendar that you're just, you know, you know, it's draft or it's mini camp or, yeah. you know, the start of training camp, those, those take chunks of, away from your schedule. Well, you mentioned travel. So what was the number, what was the first place you went to say, I'm going here. This is where I'm, you know. Oh, you know, we, we try to get down to Mexico once a year, you know, okay. um, cause you know, you're going to have good weather at Cabo. Yes. Um, I was married there. And so, uh, that would be one place. Yeah. Um, my wife's graduating this May from nurse practitioner school. So, Okay. Uh, we're going to take a trip to St. Bart's after that. Nice. Um, you might see David Letterman down there. He's got a place, I think. He does. St. Bart's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Look no, for a big so, beard. Yeah. That, that, uh, those are things you look forward to. And then, uh, we'll be out in California again to see my daughter. And, um, so it's been good though. You know, it, it's, it's, once you get past that transition for maybe those first couple of weeks, uh, mm -hmm. it's been good. You, we talked about it and you've talked about it. I, I listened to your whole press conference when you decided to step away and you told us in great detail, you know, the process you went through and, and how you got to that place, but just maybe cliff noted for us, for our listeners again, what it was that, brought you to the realization that you you wanted to step away at least temporarily uh from football and take a break yeah uh, look i think it's I, I think it is a process i think it's you know you you come to training camp every year and it's it's the excitement of the new season but there's also that 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 pressure that strain of you know once you report you know, it's a good six months, you know, from whenever you get started end of July, early August, you're there. And now you get into that routine. And, and so I, I think it's something that has stages to it throughout the season. And at least I felt that way. And when the season ended, it was, it was something I spent a lot of time on with thought and, uh, and, you know, we all take a vacation after the year. The, the coaches, they've been really working hard. Players, you know, get away. And and I did the same and, and felt the same way coming back. And, and that was, uh, you know, leaning towards just stepping away and taking some time away. And um, so anytime you do something like that, when you've been somewhere 16 years, it's significant. Oh, and <laughs> you trust your gut. Yeah, I know what you mean there. I thought it was going to be easier to step away after 25 years. And really, for the next year and a half, I spent walloping in self-pity. You know, uh, unfortunately, it took too long for me to get on with it. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's different as for a player, you know, or a coach, but it was that lack of structure that really crushed me, you know, that that and the adrenaline. You know the 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 lights and that feeling of having the moment. Yeah. I'm sure as a coach, you have certain moments on the sideline where you go, "Man, this is my moment." Yeah, they're playing, but this call, this is the moment that we're going to win the game. I think to some I degree, had, 
Yeah. I, well, I think to some degree, um, you get that sense of being institutionalized. Where <laughs> it's a good way to put it. Yeah. Well, there's a character in Shawshank. You know, Love. great movie, great movie. Oh. And he, oh, 70, 80 years old, hits hits his day or release date. And all he's known is has been his prison life. And so he yes. didn't know he didn't know uh what to the do outsider. or how to do it. Yeah. And and so he, he tried to, you know, that he was he wanted to come back to prison. So um yeah, but I would agree with you. I I think though there there are stages to this. You know, I'm, the draft was always an exciting time of the year uh, because you're 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 doing something entirely different, and you know how important it is for personnel to be right with your team. And so that's that's a stage. You know that they're a week away from that draft, and then you know you get into the mini camp and training camps, and some of those things you don't miss maybe. And then oh, when yeah. the season, yeah. So look. Uh, I look forward to still staying involved with it, though, um, with uh, a studio position. And, and it it that's probably like four days away from being uh, official. But um, sweet. But that'll be nice to 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 weekly and kind of uh, for the course of the season, stay very involved with the game that, you know. So that puts the kibosh on you buying a condo in South Beach, I guess. Yeah, no, that's not happening. <laughs> I, I'm worried about the condo in New Orleans right here today. I close, <laughs> I close on a condo today in New Orleans. How does that make you feel when all you know rumors and innuendo and and oh Sean Payton and Tom Brady and it, it, there's a deal going where Sean's gonna you know Brady's gonna be the minority owner with with Ross down there and. Then you have the Rooney rule and the lawsuit, and that puts the whole, you know, screeching halt on that theory. And Sean's going to be the head coach, but the Rooney rule, and we have, you know, I'm following this on the sideline, having been in the game for a while. I go, yeah, okay, this is, this is, this is, it's constructed, but maybe there's some truth to it. Did you ever think there were, were you ever, ever, you, I've heard your statements and you knew nothing about it. That's officially, that's your official statement. That's still your statement, right? Yeah. So look, I've, I've read and seen um, parts of the story and evidently there, there was someone from Miami that reached out to the saints relative to um, me coaching. Um, th there has to be a permission, obviously compensation. I, I still have. Sure you know, years left on a contract, but that was just, that was the good news is they're still talking about you. Yeah. All right. Yeah, sure. um, <laughs> but that was, uh, you know, it, 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 at times, sometimes you, you, you're like removed from the process, but then you hear, you hear about something like that, that was, yeah, that entailed uh, uh, a position for you, but that was just, that was the only thing, you know, that I had heard and really heard of. I, I never heard from anyone. So, um, look, I get it. Every year there's pieces. People look at teams. And and, and so if Miami was putting in a request and, and the Saints denied it, uh, I don't think that actually happened after now talking to Mickey. I, I think it was, you know, a lot of times you ask someone, hey, do you think if, if we've asked for permission, we'll be able to – and the intermediary says no – and then you save everyone a bunch of trouble by not 
you know, putting yeah. a formal request in, but yeah. that was fine. That, that, you know, there's a day when they stop talking about you, period. Yeah. And, and then you're like, all right. So, um, it yeah, can be a good thing too, Sean. That can be a good thing. I mean, because yeah. that just means that you've entered another stage in life, you know, and they're going to yeah. talk, they're going to talk about you in a different way. Yeah. That's, that's a great point. So um, I've come to learn that that's the, that's my story. I'm sticking to that story. <laughs> Nobody's talking about me kicking field goals anymore. I can tell you that, but that's okay. I can talk about, it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, which is fun. So you, you're going to television, either Fox or Amazon, I've heard, I, and it doesn't matter where, but as long as you, you're happy, uh, I think you'll do a great job. I think it'll be fun to listen to you in the studio. I look forward to that. Um, personally, I don't see you there for a long time. I think you're a ball coach. So what I, I like to play the what if, and I'm not here to upset anybody because, as you just alluded to, there's going to be compensation and it'll be a, if you go somewhere else besides the saints, there'll yep. be a trade. There'll be a tr trade and compensation a lot. I would think uh, first round pick, second round pick, let's just play. What if in 2023, there's a lot of room, you know, again, rumors, innuendo. I know your history with the Dallas Cowboys. So is that a place you could see yourself? And I don't want to disrespect anybody over there, but it, you have, is that, so far out there, I haven't even given it a thought, you know, but would, yeah, you, entertain, honestly, would you entertain it? No, honestly, two things. Um, it is something that's way out there. And I know, I, I think there are obvious reasons people would bring up that team. And a lot of it has to do with, I just used to work there and I have a good relationship with Jerry and, and his family and that team. But <clears throat> outside of that, um, I think if that opportunity someday comes where I'm coaching in the NFL again, I, I don't see it or have a preconceived team in mind. And I, I the Dallas thing, I can't, there's, there's nothing to combat or, or say, well, look for 16 years in New Orleans, it came up every year. Oh, he's going to, he's going to be right. someone who goes back. And I think, it's not challenging, but that's difficult for Mike as well because Mike's winning games down there. Mike McCarthy, and he's a good yeah. friend of mine. Yeah, and so yeah, I, I totally you don't want to disrespect that. somebody that's yeah and trying look, to do a job there. I think they're they're you know the unique thing about this league there are thirty two teams. Everyone knows that. I think the everyday fan would feel like every one of these teams is kind of run the same way. Uh, they have the same rules relative to the league. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, they're all 32 independent um, organizations that, that really run and function differently depending on the club you're at. And so I, I think, you know, building culture, finding the right fit, all of those things uh, are paramount to success. And, and I'm not saying yeah. that any one team or other doesn't, but I think it's a big, broader scope. And, and so um, Dallas, because I live there, I, I understand that. And, and then just take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I look, it's, it's something that down the road, if I, if I choose to come back and coach, great. But you, you want to be good at your, whatever you're doing. So I'm looking forward to, to trying to be good uh, in the studio.
Yeah, and you will be, and you have to be invested. Let's face it, whatever we do in life, we have to be passionate and, and like invested and intentful about it. Yeah, 100%. I agree. If you're not, man, you can't fake it. You can fake it for a little bit. You can fool some people some of the time. Can't fool all the people all the time. That's a song yeah. I think somebody's saying. But yep, I agree. Um, so talking about hiring, and I mentioned the Brian Flores lawsuit there and the Rooney Rule. Uh, let me get your take on how how the league can move forward and do a better job with minority hiring at the head coaching level. Understanding that you know we're, we're really what we sh- we all should look at is just qualifications and ability to to take that job, regardless of skin color. What's your take? Yeah, we, I think this, forward? I think <clears throat> for years, there have been different initiatives, programs. Um, you, you go back to uh, the Bill Walsh minority internship program. And what happens, though, over time is some of these get dated a little bit relative to, you know, we used to get a lot of college coaches that, uh, had a chance to work training camp. Now their schedule's very similar to ours. So if 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 you have someone, it might only be for two weeks instead of two months. Um, I, I think the most important thing we can do, and I think the league uh, is is working and trying to take steps towards this, but is is obviously developed uh, in at the entry level. You know, the coaches that are with quarterbacks, coaches that are with the defensive backs, coaches that are into coordinator positions, because typically speaking, it's the coordinator positions that get promoted to become head coaches. Mm-hmm. And so uh, paying close attention to that. Uh, I know this year they're, they're making sure each club has, um, you know, a, a, an offensive um, position that is specific to you know being in the offensive room and also in the quarterback room because that's really good with the, uh, that position you you have a, a greater chance for success so mm-hmm. developing young coaches um I, that, I just think that that's something that uh obviously we'll see improve and uh, I think, you know, the other thing is, is it's an ownership thing, you know, because there's good there's good coaches. I always bring up the David Shaw, you know, who's at Stanford, who's young and been successful. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they'll he's somebody even if even if he articulates he doesn't want to come to the NFL. You know, sometime our league has just gone out and gotten him and paid yeah. him, yeah, and so. Uh, the candidates are there. Uh, I think, you know, how do we bring light to who these people are and, and the talents they have? Uh, I think that's ongoing. Yeah. I hope it's a, it's an exciting time from, from many coaches and for many prospects. Well, yeah. I was so back to the saints. And I would imagine now that you go into television, that it's going to be a lot of, a lot of NFL, obviously, but also maybe get towards the saints a little bit in the beginning. Because yeah, that's, that'll be, you know, because that it's going to be fun for you. So why was Dennis Allen, the De- Dennis Allen, the right hire for the saints? Well, look, he's been with our program for <clears throat> shoot. I want to say 12 or 13, the last 16 years. Um, 
and and then I would say that he's done a tremendous job. Uh, you know, we're we're a result oriented league, and you have to you have to prove in a coordinator's position that you can have success uh, with a room, and he and he's shown he, he's shown that with our defense. Um, so, so. And so, you know, it's not something you get to have; it's something you, you have to earn. And I, and I feel like. I know I know how Mickey and the organization felt about Dennis. I know I know how I feel about him, and I think he was a tremendous hire. So, as the Saints sit here in late April of 2022, coming into the draft, where do you see the Saints? How do you see him positioned? What's your feelings about the club as you've been away from them now for six months, five months? Wow. Yeah, I think I think. Um, well, I think it's a, there's a, a lot of positives, and I think there's a lot. They, they put themselves in a position for success. Last year, you know, we won nine games with, you know, 54 players that were 54 different starters, which was unique with COVID, mm-hmm. with the injuries. I, I think uh, it's, it's a good young team, and that's that 2017 draft was, was outstanding, you know, with guys like Lattimore and Ramchek and Marcus Williams now moved on to another team, but Kamara, um, <clears throat> then Trey Hendrickson moved on to another team, all these players in one draft class. I, I yeah. think uh, the, the defense uh, was outstanding last season. Uh, I know they'll look to add an offensive weapon or two. And, and then obviously re-signing Jameis back uh, and, and getting stability at that position will be important. So, look, this draft is going to be important. They have two picks in the first round. Uh, all of us, you know, all of us, you and myself, will be kind of looking to see, you know, do they want to do they want to trade those two picks to move up, or do they want to select two players? You know, we'll have a chance to see that in the first night. Um, but I think I think it's an exciting time for that team, uh, and and. They, they, there's, there's that culture that's present that's necessary to win. So, if you were the head coach, put your head coaching hat on for 30 seconds here, and you're going into the draft. You're the Saints head coach. Who do you pick? Do you, do you go? Do you do what you just told me? <coughs> do you combine the picks? Do you try to trade up? Or do you try to what? Well, what position is glaring a glaring need for you with the Saints? Yeah, I would say. Look, I know they want to add a receiver. I, I think they're going to probably add an offensive lineman. Um, I think they'll probably add uh, a safety or a corner. That you're you're always looking at that depth, but uh, but I would definitely say they're they're going to look at a tackle. They're going to look at a receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard. You know, it's interesting. It, it, it it's hard to answer some of those type of questions when you don't know the grades of the players yeah. that are in this draft. Like a lot of times, most of the time, they can pull you in a direction where you're like, we have to have this player. Right. And, you know, and so without, and you get this all the time, um, without knowing someone's feelings, everyone that covers the draft tries to cover it from a perspective of these are what all these players are, and yet 32 clubs don't agree. And yes. 30, 32 clubs have different it's, opinions. 
And so when, when you have that, you have different roadmaps than on, on draft day. You know, in other words, you have different likes and want, and that's what makes it makes, makes it exciting. And so when the analyst doesn't see his players selected where he has them in his mind, then he looks at it like, well, the club should have taken. Yeah. But, but it's, it's like trying to tell someone, these are the shoes I think you should wear. <laughs> right. Yeah, if I do that to my son, he's going to look at me. He's going to the prom in pink shoes. Come on now. Just hey, saying if, if I, I like black shoes, he likes pink shoes. Am I telling him to wear black shoes? Heck no. And he's not no. telling me to wear pink. That's right. That's right. But, you know, so the, here's a follow-up question on the draft for you. Maybe I'll ask you in a different way than I initially did. When you looked, when you were sitting there for all the drafts you've, you've been through, and you've been through a bunch, did you look at only need or did you look at best available? Because there's a big difference or a combination of the two. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, and it's a question you get all the time. I, 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 there's this, there, there is this talent level that, that we start with. And so in a lot of cases, um, need, need sits on your right shoulder throughout the off season, right. You know, during, during free agency, during the draft. And it's a, it's a factor. It's important. Um, but you know, you, you, and so sometimes you can trade into a position of need with grade. Mm. Uh, but let's say we're not trading at all and the pick comes to us. We're, we're going to probably pick what we think is most valuable. But that's the neat thing about the draft. Uh, once you've identified or assessed value on players, than, than trying to get in a position to draft players that you like and that are players of need, you know, that that's the perfect pick, if you will. But uh, it's a great question. And I would say um, most valuable players still on the grade, grade system is, is what we pay attention to. Now, need always, when you have a clump of players, you know, need factors in, Need has to be addressed. So need, we're not going to ignore need. Uh, but I think the mistake sometimes can be, uh, you know, squeezing a player in uh, before or after uh, that pick. I, I think you can make some errors if you're not careful. They're done all the time, the errors. I mean, and, and guys that you think are going to be great are busts. And guys you, had, sure. you go, man, this guy, we, we, he wasn't even on our screen, you know, and he becomes an all-pro. Looking back at your 16 years with the Saints, can you give me one or two players that were both? In other words, not the same, but one guy, and I, again, I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus, but a guy that totally over-promised and under-delivered, and then one guy that <laughs> under-promised and over-delivered, and the guy, this guy, and if you just want to do one of them, not the negative, I'm fine with that, but yeah, I'm know, curious to hear your opinion on that. It's 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 amazing. Um, every year, there there are players that you have visions for, and uh, I'll give yeah. you a great a great example of us signing after the draft, <clears throat> Deontay Harris, who was undrafted. 
Oh, my goodness. A return yeah. specialist, played receiver. He was at Assumption College. Um, and so many people don't know where Assumption College is, but it's in the Northeast. And, you know, when you saw his film, it was a smaller school, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's a player that didn't get drafted, and he comes into your program. And within weeks, months, he's gotten acclimated, and you see his ability as a return specialist. Um, that would clearly be a great example for, for a more yes. recent example of, man, came in with, I don't want to say low expectations because his tape was exciting, but you, you just knew it was at a small school, mm-hmm. but completely overperformed and, you know, had the respect of the locker room immediately. Um, and then the, I think on the other side of that gambit, <clears throat> forget any specific players, but the ones taken in the first day, the first night, the first 25 or 30 picks, they bear that burden a little bit because look, we're all guilty of spending 95% of our conversation about 20% of the draft, which is round one. We, that, we just discussed round one. And so obviously I think there's a lot more pressure on the round one players. You have a funny draft story you can share here uh, and I'll let you go. Do you have a, like where I go? Oh shit. We, we didn't mean to take him. You remember the Vikings when they didn't turn their pick in? Yes. There's, because there's well, a- and they claimed it was Baltimore that didn't turn their side of the pick in and both sides have to turn the picks in for it to be legitimate. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Do you have, do you have a funny, there's one? a couple, um, when I was in New York and you and I were in New York together uh, and overlapped in our careers, but when I was in New York, um, they're very uh, traditional organization. The draft meetings were set up such in a big room with the coaches, all the scouts, the front office. Um, you know, it's, it's a celebration that time of the year, meaning this is everyone's adding new players to their team. And, um, mm. and the late Mr. Mara, Wellington Mara <clears throat> had a little table in the draft room and he had this, this older microphone that kind of stood in the middle of the room. And, and it was like an old Ed Sullivan microphone, silver metal, you know, and it, and it was right in the middle of the room. And so you and I, just like we are here could talk in, in the room and the microphone would pick up the audio and the audio feed was, was, Obviously, on the other end, uh, mm-hmm. two of two of the Giants employees that were at the draft, you know, so, you, you know, you turn it on in the morning, you make sure you have communication. Guys, can you hear us? And I don't know if listeners know this, but, you know, every team has a representative or two at the draft. Um, I, I would say I get I get asked this question a lot. Do you go to the draft? And, and so, no, um, everyone works out of their office. Uh, offices throughout the country and the cities their teams are in, but they send two representatives to the draft to answer. Uh, Yeah. You're talking on the microphone and then all of a sudden the the reception goes out because it's an older machine and there's, there's panic in the room where you look around like, all right, who's fixing this? (laughs) Cause right now (laughs) we're dead. We don't have any communication. Yeah. It's not <laughs> but, good. Uh, that's not good. Uh, so yeah. I've seen a lot of things happen. 
uh, it's exciting. It's fun. Um, and, and, you know, nothing surprises you. I'll end it that way. Um, yeah. I'm getting ready to go out to this, this golf tournament here today that you were asking about the Zurich, uh, is in town in new Orleans and it's beautiful day today. Go, got, go uh, they got a really good field of, of good players. Yeah. Go and, enjoy uh, it. Yeah. I'm anxious to see it. Go, go enjoy it. I won't keep you anymore. And I hope I can reach out. Maybe once you take that seat in the studio, I don't know if you're going to have a non, non-compete no, or you're not allowed no. to talk to other media, yeah, no, but we, I hope we can do it again. And I'll get, you pers- I'll get you a perspective on, uh, you know, how you see it from the chair, but that sounds good. Your perspective from the sideline was great, man. I appreciate your time, Sean. Hey, appreciate you always Morton. Thank you. Bye buddy. See you later. Bye. Bye.